Blog Talk Radio. Father, 
Father God, we praise you and we thank you, Father, for everything. And we thank you for being you and we thank you for helping us to grow in our love for you and our desire to be walking in purity as much as possible, always self-examining, always changing our ways when, it's, when, it's, when you raise it up before us, which you will, if we're patient and persistent. Thank you, Father, for raising things up before me just recently. Give us all the courage to be able to take the steps that are necessary to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth. And they are coming. We see them. They're coming pretty quick. And Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus for our fellow brothers and sisters. So many of them are waking up, which is wonderful. And we just praise your holy name and we there's not enough words in, in that we could possibly ever use to thank you enough and we pray in Jesus name that you will continue to pour out your spirit upon people awaken people's eyes help them to understand all of these dynamics that um you know I don't like to hash I don't want to dwell on all the ugly things that are happening across the world today but the antichrist beast government system is being installed right now at a feverishly fast rate far quicker than most people are aware they're aware of the bits and pieces and they're seeing some motion but I think because of the shiny objects that are being held up before us by the forces of darkness the satanic the global satanic crime syndicate and the filth that has uh, been allowed to infest like a like an evil sickening disease the government of this country which has fallen so far that um, really Sodom and Gomorrah is a better term than Babylon the Great but Lord we praise you because you have awakened us and and maybe we got woken up a little early which is good and um, why do I say that I say that father because I just want to I want to thank you for that it, it it is both a burden it's an emotional burden but at the same time it is a blessing because it does give us a wonderful anointed opportunity through your help and assistance and your your loving kind hand Lord Jesus to be able to bring us to a place that we need to be at so that we might be not just called but chosen to be part of the first fruits barley harvest which is our desire and there's nothing wrong with hoping you know faith is the substance of things hoped for and we praise your holy name for those scriptures Hebrews 4 12 and we want to live and walk in those scriptures continuously and every day getting better because we're never going to be perfect for it is to seek you father god and your righteousness seek you first the kingdom of god and your righteousness and all these other things will be given unto us and father we just praise you for that and we thank you may we live by it may we grow and become more holy and sanctified in our walk in our thoughts um every process that I don't even know what how to how to refer to all of the different elements of our lives but there are so many elements of our lives there's the the body the soul the spirit the flesh our minds our record-keeping books in heaven and our robe and gown in heaven and father we pray in the name of Jesus that you will pour out pour out we plead your blood Lord Jesus upon us to purify us with it and also Lord and Holy Father your holy fire to purge us and to refine us. Father, we also thank you for the days that we are in right now, for we are, if we are to look at the um, Hebrew holiday period that's wrapped around 
the um you know that's that's wrapped around uh you know the Passover to Shavuot with the uh 49-day Omer countdown we see how close that uh Passover and Pentecost are woven together and um Christ rising and how it just is all inextricably linked um and we just praise you for that because this is so many do not see, and I understand that. I didn't hardly at all uh, for so long. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so we have your rising, Lord Jesus, and of course, then your ascension and Pentecost that that are, again, inextricably linked. We also have, at the, over, over the same period of time, the Hebrew... Uh, Passover period, which we're in. Uh, some calendars say we're on day three. Some calendars say we're on day two. Um, and then we're on day two of the counting of the Omer and the Shavuot and the uh, and the uh, uh, Hebrew holiday of Shavuot. And I praise your holy name, Father, and I thank you. We just, Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for everything, every stripe that you had borne for us, every insult, every... I can't even... I can't even think about these kinds of things. Um, I know some people can just sit and watch the Passion of the Christ, and you know, and somehow that's okay, you know. And they can, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't. I just can't. I can't even bear it. I can't even bear to even think of it. I can't even bear to remember the photographs that I've seen from scenes of the movie. It's, it's just too absolutely agonizing to imagine it. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for everything that you have gone through on our behalf. We thank you for the 40 days that you walked about the earth after you after you rose. We thank you for Pentecost. We thank you for your ascension. We praise your holy name. Father, we also thank you for helping us to understand the significance of Shavuot and the significance of the counting down of the Omer and how Passover and Shavuot are inextricably linked, but they're also linked together by a mystery, and that mystery is amazing because I didn't really understand the mystery at all until you you revealed it to me, and it, and it wasn't like a gigantic epiphany. That was over time, and I praise you for that, and I want to share that with any listener that is listening, whether you're listening live or Memorex. <laughs> praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Father, we praise you for this. And tonight again is the 17th of Nisan 5783, also known as Saturday, April the 8th. Okay, so I, um, because my work had given me some uh, extra time off and I was absolutely exhausted from last week, I slapped all day like... <laughs> Uh, very easily slept the whole day away, pretty much, and uh, I praise God for that rest. But Father, I just missed you, and I wanted to I wanted to be with you, and I know that others probably did too. And and whether they're listening to this over a podcast or um, live, even now, I want to share this testimony, Father, and I praise you for this testimony because it it's a, it's just a wonderful testimony. It's a, just a wonderful, wonderful testimony, and it doesn't. And the thing that's so deep, very, very important, that I, I, it's so very, very important for us as brothers and sisters in Jesus, in 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 uh, in, in Messiah Christ, our Lord, brothers and sisters, neither man nor woman, Jew or Gentile, but we are all one in the body of Christ. 
Matter of fact, I, I, that's another one I have to write down. I, I'm, I've laminated so many scriptures at this point. I'm, I'm going to have to build an extension on the house. <laughs> it's crazy. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so here, let me see if I can find that. Jew plus Gentile man. Okay, that ought to do it. And then just hit up. I know it's in Galatians, but I'm just going to see if I get a hit on uh Oh, oh! I misspelled a word. Hold on. Praise you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Jew plus Gentile plus man. New Testament search. Okay, once again. Boolean operations are not working because I'm probably dorking it up. Thank you, Jesus. Galatians. Neither. June. Yep, there we go. Boy, am I going to miss the speed and accuracy of the Internet when they start blocking all of our Bible stuff. I suspect that's probably not too far around the corner. But that one is Galatians 3.28, and I absolutely adore it. And I, thank you, Jesus, am going to pull out my... Well, it's giving me heartache, and that's okay, because that's just what happens. Hallelujah. We praise your name, Father. All right. Thank you, Father. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to pull out a card, and I am going to put that scripture on a card, and I am going to laminate it and add it to my stack, which, like I said, is growing so big, I don't know where I'm going to store it all. It is really big. It's the stack of my laminated verses are. And that's not even all the ones that are inside the um, prayer vigil show notes. And I tried to I tried to take a paper Bible and highlight all of them and then mark them. <laughs> That's like three weeks of work. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But here it is. It's There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's Galatians 3.28. Praise God. That's awesome. Hold on a second. I'm going to write this down because I love it. Galatians 3.28. Thank you, Jesus. All right. And I'm going to have to write that out by hand a little bit later tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so I want to give you this testimony, and here's why. One of the things that I think, I don't know, I I, I don't want to, I'm just going to go ahead and say what I believe, okay? Now, other people may believe different, and that's okay. You know, it's not about, you know, <laughs> putting on boxing gloves and stuff about what do you believe and you know unless the only time I ever get um strict about um people saying things on the radio show that they should not um is when the result could be that 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 the listeners or the people that hear what they say uh could end up in the pit okay so that's where I will jump in and do a course correction and whatever I have to do to stop that because, you know, I cannot be standing before Christ and look at him, you know, and, oh, yeah, uh, 50 people ended up in hell because I let so-and-so say something. You know, that you just, you don't want to be that person. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But if they want to believe, you know, the earth is pink, purple, polka dotted and shaped like a hexagram, then (laughs) that's absolutely fine with me. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to share with you this uh, testimony. And the reason why I share my testimony before we before we go into the full prayer vigil, and I'm going to try not to make this too long, 
like I always end up doing, is it's for us all. The things that I went through in my life and the testimonies that I have as a result of those things are for everybody in the body. Um, You know, like, so like, say, for example, we would use the metaphor of a human body, right? Like Paul did in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you know, where he, you know, he, there's fantastic, they're just absolutely awesome. Like the NLT does this absolutely unimpeachable, beautiful um, uh, translation of uh, 1 Corinthians 13. And just to give you an idea, I just absolutely adore it. 1 Corinthians 13, praise God. And I do, you know, I don't, sometimes I feel like, oh, you know, I shouldn't take up time on the prayer vigils to, to cover some of these things. But part of the prayer vigil promise when I started it was to share mysteries and things associated with the Bible, my walk, testimonies of others, read prophecies from other people, things like that, to bring it all together, not just, you know, recite scriptures and do it exactly the same way every single time. Because I really don't think that sends, like, you know, the optimal message to the listeners, because for many reasons. And, um, you know, when we're edifying one another and cheering each other up and encouraging one another and stuff like that, you know, that's all part of the walk. And it... it uh, and we are all part of – and that's why these testimonies, when I share the testimonies about the first watch key, you know, and I don't know if you remember that testimony or not. Some of the people that have been around for a while do, I'm sure, remember the testimony of the first watch key and what it opened in my house and all the circumstances that surrounded it. Um, just an absolutely astonishing supernatural experience to have gone through. It was almost like being on a scavenger hunt with Jesus walking alongside of you. And then when I got to the prize of the scavenger hunt, I just lost it. But here's the thing. When I give these testimonies, I, the, the worst mistake I could make, and I, I'm, I, this is just between you and my voice, you and me, if you were sitting right here, I would say the same thing. And this has nothing to do with anybody else in the body of Christ. I'm not even, I don't even have anybody else in mind. I'm just sharing with you my understanding of things and what I have experienced through my life. For what it's worth, you know, I was born and raised in an extremely Holy Spirit, you know, at the age of six. Okay, I was sitting in an unbelievably Holy Spirit-filled church, far, far more amazing than most people even understand. I mean, you have to see, you know, when Paul gave the guidance in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and 15 uh, about the order of events that ought to occur in the church where, where a person would speak in tongues, prophesy in tongues, and then there would be somebody else in the church that would interpret with the gift of interpretation of tongues. Uh, and it would happen, Paul recommended three times, okay, three times that it would occur. Well, that's exactly what would happen in, in the church that I was raised in. My mom, the way that God uses Satan to bring his saints in, and it's, a, you know, a bonanza of ways. I mean, it's like an unlimited, I would assume. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's really scary stuff. You know, a lot of people are... And um, I just want to say a special shout out to, to Beth because you really tugged my heartstrings, and I just want you to know I I 
I really appreciate you sharing with me what you shared with me this morning because it meant a lot to me. Um, I want to know if people are feeling uncomfortable when I'm sharing certain things because it, you know, I, I am sharing things that I have concerns about in my life and how I may be affected. And, you know, other people may share those same concerns as well. And um, and sometimes I don't pad my testimony as well as I ought. Okay, so when I'm talking about things like I wouldn't want to be here, I wouldn't want to be left, I wouldn't want to miss the barley harvest, the first watch at all, because we know what's going to happen immediately thereafter, right? We know that the CBDCs, I mean, how much of, of central bank digital currencies is going to be implemented how soon? We don't know. We know it's in progress. We know TD, TD Ameritrade just sent out uh, letters to their constituents. We know that FedNow, now a lot of people out there saying the FedNow thing in July is like, it's like the big red lever. No, it's not. They're just piloting it, but that's bad enough, okay? So that becomes your PayPal app, okay? So now PayPal goes away, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And now you have one app, which is your interface to be able to send money to do everything, financially, everything, literally. You could, I have no doubt in my mind you will be able to use it to buy stuff from Amazon and Walmart and groceries and everything else under the sun. Now, all that being said, it is the gateway to the pit as far as the, you know, beast, Revelation 13 beast government. Uh, it is the uh, freeway to the mark, the ultimate mark of the beast, which, which will be your body's electronic interface. You will not have to carry a phone. Of course, we all know this. Your phones will go away. And then it will just be, I mean, I've actually heard people testify that the one thing, you know, after li living in China for so long, they just could not, they, they were amazed at how weird it was to carry a wallet with them. Um, because everything was, you know, mark of the beastie. <laughs> okay, praise God. Um, but anyway, so we know these things are coming. We know that they are in play. We know that they are currently being implemented. Um, some probably are aware of it more or a lot more than others are. Um, it really just depends on that person's view. Um, whoever it is that's looking into such matters, it, you know, it, they they may or may not have the same you know sensitivities they, they, they for example if their view is you know if they have a lot of people and this this will help this this helps helps all of our view it helps all of our view to be able to look at things that are happening around the world right to have you know people in africa that you talk to people in new zealand that you talk to people in australia that you talk to you know and uh you know whatever the case is uh, spain you know majorca i praise god for amara and her you know fine-tuning my understanding of things that are happening over in spain right now same thing with uh, uh jamil in uh uh belgium you know, to have him explain that there are actual sections of the city that are they're taking down the trees and, you know, rerouting traffic and everything to set up the 15-minute cities. Um, to have, you know, Paula uh, Ledger in France, you know, tell me. Now, they're really – that's a mess. France is a, a big mess. But right now, the people, uh, the people that are awake and aware are congratulating and hallelujah-ing France um, because it became – very obvious or quite clear to those of us who have been watching what's going on in France. It started out, arguably, as simply, uh, hey, uh, the Illuminati, 
entity that refers to itself as Macron. Um, they just got an incredibly cold shoulder from Xi Jinping in China, which I have no respect for any of these entities. They're all entities, and I it 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 really we are from we are citizens of heaven. We're watching a movie. I mean, really, for all intents and purposes, folks, we're watching a movie. And so that's why I absolutely love my new laminated verse that I said I was going to have, and and I was going to make it for myself, and I did. And it says, uh, you know, therefore I take pleasure in, in, in infirmities and reproaches and needs and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, I am strong. I do have that laminated now in my pocket. It's going to follow me wherever I go. And I even have like a little twinge of panic whenever I, like if I take my shirt off and lay it over a chair and then you know, my little cards, my little Bible cards just fall out. And then I'm like... I'm halfway through the morning, and I'm like, oh, no, where are they? Where are they? And I'll actually jump up. If I'm not on a call with a client, I'll jump up and I'll start running around with my flashlight trying to find where my where my scripture cards are because I have the most important ones here, right? You know, I carry them everywhere I go. I just – I don't pull them out and look at them all the time. But anyway, but I just want them to be there. I don't know. It's – I don't know. It's just me. But anyway, let me share this with you. So because we are all part of the body of Christ, and as it says in the NLT – um, and I'll go ahead and pull that up real quick. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Okay. Okay, that 13 is is all about love. Hold on. I might have to go back up a little bit. Doop, 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 doop. Oh, yeah. No, I goofed. Okay, so it's uh, 1 Corinthians 12. And, yeah, and it starts all the way back in... Yeah, it goes all the way back to 12. Um, I'll go ahead and read through this because it's just that awesome, okay? And then, you know, then I'm going to give you this testimony about Shavuot and the Omer, the counting of the Omer. But, but please, the most important part of me giving a testimony of something that happened to me, when somebody has had the experience of being taken to heaven, are, we have a tendency to think, well, how come that hasn't happened to me? You know, and so we feel like maybe we're less qualified and that it doesn't apply to us. I know because I've had these feelings. I thought to myself, <laughs> I just trust me, I'm not fibbing in or stretching or exaggerating in any way. I have had, and I assume because I've had these feelings, that probably other people have too. And so when you hear somebody, now here's the thing, there's a lot of people that have been taken to Satan's fake heaven. And I was told about that by uh, Odin Hetrick's daughter, and I talked on the phone for over four hours one night. Because she knew that I was playing a lot of his testimonies on the radio show. How she found out, I don't know, but that's okay. And we talked. Her name was, I'm pretty sure it was Joy. And we um, talked for four hours, and she told me, oh, no, 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 Satan has a mock-up. It's, a, it's very, very similar to the real heaven. But you will hear things coming out of their mouths that are wrong. They'll say things, oh, I saw so-and-so in heaven, or oh, I saw this, that, and the other thing in heaven, or, you know, or that person didn't go to hell, that person's in heaven, I saw them there. But you know, you know, a lot of us do, a lot of us ought to know that if they're saying certain people that we know are definitely not in heaven, are in heaven, then they're not going to the real heaven, okay? 
simple process of elimination, praise God. But anyway, the, so when, when, when a believer has a supernatural thing happen to them, um, whatever that may be, I, I've got a laundry list that goes back <laughs> forever. But anyway, um, it's for us all. You know, just because somebody was taken heaven doesn't mean that they're not going to screw up real bad. And, you know, we just assume that they're privileged, that something special about them or whatever the case is. And our assumption causes us oftentimes, at least it did me, um, to think that I was somehow not, it wasn't for me. It was, oh, wow, you're so blessed, brother or sister, for that happening to you. You're so blessed, you know. And then you'll have these folks, which I don't know. I mean, I just don't feel like it's it's reflective of my Bible. But you'll have folks out there that'll be like, you know, well, the Lord hasn't released me to share that with anybody yet. And I'm like, what? What kind of a I, see? That doesn't ring true with me, because um, in, you know we're all part of the body of Christ, and none of us are privileged in any sense of the word. And so when when I hear people say things like that, to me it just kind of feels like an immaturity. And that's all right. God bless them. We are all immature. We are all immature in our walks. We are all striving through our sanctification process. We all have things that we need to get better at and learn about. You know and have more courage over, um, and and I, I'm I'm right there beside you. Okay, so please please embrace this as true because it is true, and that is that when I share a testimony like the one I'm going to share with you about the Shavuot thing, um, it's for all of us. You know, I I I, I can't impress upon you. I don't know how to impress upon you more deeply that this testimony that I'm about to give you is for you, too. God, we're part of the body. Let me just go ahead and read this scripture because I want you to be able to really just absorb the concept. This is really critical. And a lot of people just don't seem to get it quite well, very well. All right, so anyway, um, 1 Corinthians, we'll go all the way back to verse 12. And I'm going to use the NLT because uh, it just it just so crystal clear, and there's no these and thous to throw you off or whatever. Anyway, it says the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is so it is with the body of Jesus Christ. Some of us are Jews, but some of us are Gentiles. Some of us are slaves, and some of us are free. Isn't that fascinating? That is. I just read that. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Right from Galatians 3.28. Now, you just heard it again. Almost exactly. Where is it? 1 Corinthians 12, verse... Looks like 12.12. Yep. Praise God. And so there it is. Some of us, uh, 13 says, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all, now it doesn't say the man and woman thing, but that's okay. We get it. It's, we are all part of that body. We have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, Holy Spirit, and we all share in the Holy Spirit, which is one spirit. It's the part of the Godhead. And if we're all sharing in the Godhead, then what are we sharing in? Being part of the Godhead. It's, a, it's absolutely really super cool stuff. When you, when you are able to embrace 
beyond just hearing words, but to actually realize that when the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.9 that you are a royal priesthood, it's not pulling your legs. You really are a royal priesthood. You really do operate in the courts of heaven. When you call down holy fire, that holy fire shoots down from the throne room, and it strikes these, these, these entities. Okay, It happens for real. Now, some people, for whatever reason, it's okay. Some people don't feel comfortable in that place you know they you know we've had people on on the radio show that testified and said they don't they don't go there and you know what that's okay it's okay we can all have things that we do things that we don't do i know that my bible says in greater things than these will they do us us that's us will they do because i jesus am going unto the father that's in john 14 13 and 14 uh, 12 13 14 now that is I believe today, I believe that when we have the faith, particularly because right now we are, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit has not come down upon us such that we are walking through the streets like in the Tommy Hicks vision and saying, be thou made whole, and their hands are growing out or whatever, or people are rising from the dead. Are we going to be here for that? Possibly so. Because even, you know, and, and also remember this. God relents. He changes his mind. He calls audibles. So, you know, when I share uh, over years and years, you know, in, in over a decade now, various things that I believe are going to happen, you know, like the David Doetry vision in the large copper spherical shaped mothership that is going to show up. And there, boy, folks, I mean, my goodness gracious, are there not a lot of signs that that's going to happen? I mean, really? What about the 10-year-old boy that uh, died? You know, he had uh, uh, been taken to Jesus, and Jesus showed him that there was going to be uh, flying saucers, you know, an alien invasion occurring during World War III. Well, we already know that World War III is going to be happening when? Well, it's going to be in progress even at the point where the day of the Lord is kicked off. Why do we know this? Because it's in Ezekiel. The same great earthquake that's in Revelation 6, verse 12, is found in Ezekiel 38, and I believe it's 14. But let me go ahead and bring that up. Uh, Bibles, and I will go ahead and do this. Ezekiel 38. I want to really, really memorize this. Okay, hold on. Judgment on Gog. Ah, there it is. And it is 3819. Now, I wish wish I could just remember that forever and ever. Amen. See if I could get the 3819, 3819, 3819. Say it over and over. Hallelujah. All right. Now, surely in that day there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. But be careful with that because you've got to keep on reading. That's, the Bible does this a lot, by the way. Surely in that day there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. And um, and then it goes on, so that the fish of the sea, the birds in the heavens, the beasts of the field, and all creeping things that creep on the earth, and all men who are on the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. The mountains will be thrown down. Steep places shall fall, and every wall will fall to the ground. Walls are how, what are walls made? Well, you know, you can make walls out of drywall and wood, but I don't think this is going to be one, one really, really massively big earthquake. This is the one that's triggered by the meteor that hits. It's a judgment meter meteor that hits off the coast of Puerto Rico, wipes out Florida, kills two, 22 million people on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. So. 
you know, I, I don't see myself making it to the wheat harvest if I miss you know, the barley harvest. If I miss the barley harvest, okay, praise God, I'm not quitting. Name, no way I'm not quitting. Whatever I got to do, I'm going to do it. I will get my fat 61-year-old butt off this chair, and whatever I got to do, I will go do it. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm never going to give up. The Lord already knows that. <laughs> I can assure you of that. Um, you know, uh, was Jacob wrestling with the angel and all that? I, but anyway, I, that's kind of like I've gone through so much stuff, and and believe me, I, yeah, I've I've gotten up, dusted myself off so many times, and said I will not quit. I am no matter what, you know. So praise God. So so again, I'm, I, I want to. So thirty eight nineteen helps us all to know that the great earthquake in Revelation 6.12 and the Gog and Magog invasion, which is part of World War III, okay, uh, all happening at the same time, right? Amen? Praise God. And that leads in, right after that great earthquake, you enter in, really, to the day of the Lord. Now, and it gets really bad from there. I mean, just, you know, wow. And then we already know from the testimonies of others that the alien presence is going to be a big deal. We've got Endless scriptures, I mean, my goodness gracious, Isaiah 13, Joel 2, uh, you know, 2nd Ezra 15, verse 28. You even have uh, the horrible star, which is Nibiru, uh, in 2nd uh, Ezra 15, verse 40. So, I mean, uh, which was in the 1611 King James Bible before they took it out. So, anyway, um, and that's not the well, – anyway, so, back on track. So, praise you, Jesus, when you are given a supernatural experience – and you share it with other people, you're sharing it with other people that are part of the body of Christ, right? Um, and uh, hold on a second. So I'm going to go back to 1 Corinthians 12. All right. And yeah, 12, 12, 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. And this again is from the NLT. I'm just going to read over this real quick so that you can really kind of get the feel for it, because this really delivers it. This is a beautiful translation for this part of the Bible. Okay, so again, it says, uh, For by one spirit we're all baptized in one body, whether Jews, Greeks, slaves, or free, and have been made uh, to drink uh, one spirit, or drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Okay, so we're all part of the body of Jesus Christ, right? So we should be living the Word. Jesus is the Word. The Word is was made, you know, Jesus is the word, you know, and it, it, so really it, it, it's, you know, just absolutely astonishing, beautiful, stupendous, supreme, awesome words cannot describe how awesome the word of God is. It is just wow. Okay. Especially when it explodes open and you start seeing all that harmony and stuff folding and, oh, thank you, Jesus. So it goes on to say, um, for in fact, the body is not one member, but many. It says, if the foot, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I am not part of the body. It is there, is it not part of the body? In other words, it puts it in the form of a question. And the answer, of course, it's rhetorical, and it means, no, of course not. Just because the hand says it's not part of the body doesn't mean it's not part of the body. It goes on and says, if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. It is therefore not of the body, or is it therefore not of the body, just because the eye says I'm not? You know, it, it again rhetorical, and it's no, of course not. It is part of the body, whether whether it thinks so or not. It, it it's irrelevant. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the if if the whole were hearing, 
where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you. Nor again, the head say to the feet, I have no need for you. No, much rather, those members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. And those members of the body, which we think are less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no needs. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part that lack, that greater honor to the parts that lack it. But there should be no schism in the body. Get that? No schism. You understand what that's where that's heading? But that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all of the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all of the members rejoice with it. So, to jettison this forward, this this point I'm sharing about giving testimonies and that they're not just for the individual who received the testimony. Look, man, when my, I don't know about you, but when when my foot itches, like see the top of my foot itches, right? For some reason, I don't know why, but it's just like you know, I have an itch on the top of my foot for some reason. I don't, but I'm just saying if I did, what would I do? I would take off my sneaker. If it was a left, if it was a left foot, I'd take off my sneaker. I'd take off my sock, and I would use my right hand to scratch that itch. Are you following along? So all of the members of the body, we are one body. We are united as one body. Now, granted, you know, sometimes, you know, in in the world of churchianity and, and our struggles, you know, with some of the things that are, well, the Bible warns us about, about, you know, I'm just going to leave it like this, not, not, not the naughty church of the end times. Um we're warned, we know, and and then you know, and and so we steer, you know, we steer hard port, you know, you know what I mean, and, and we don't like yell at them, and throw tomatoes at them, and you know, and say bad things, you know. We just really the best thing always is prayer. Prayer should always be the first thing, the second thing, and the third thing that you do. Praise God. All right, but anyway. What I really, really wanted to impress upon you before I give you this testimony is to understand this testimony is for you. It would be a very not good thing indeed if I were to read you this testimony and you would walk away thinking that this testimony was not for you. Because that would be completely ungodly and it would be completely, well, it wouldn't be reflective of what the Bible says. And if it's not reflective of what the Bible says, and Jesus is the Word that dwelt among us, and he is the Word, which is the Word of God, then what is it if it's not in harmony with the Word? It's not in harmony with Jesus either, because they are one and the same, right? And we are all part of his body. Through the Holy Spirit and Christ in us. Now, all that being said, I know that was a long-winded way to get to a point, but I, I wanted, I think it's so important because I definitely, I would, you know, feel just awful. 
I would feel just awful if I did not share, praise God, that first. It's vitally important before I tell you this testimony that this testimony is for you. This testimony is for me. This testimony is for you. But be advised, it doesn't guarantee. No, nobody's getting this Willy Wonka golden ticket straight to whatever we hope for. We, we, you know, There are expectations that the Bible lays out for each of us, and we have to participate in those expectations. We have to put effort forth. Difficult is the way. Uh, you know, it's, it's, our walk is not easy. Narrow is the path. How much more narrow do you think that path might be for those of us who are hoping beyond hope that we're going to make the first fruits barley harvest? That's the tallest bar. I mean, it doesn't get any higher than that. That is the greatest honor in all the universes. It doesn't get any more awesome than that. So why shouldn't we? We're all a bunch of meatheads, really, when you think about it. I mean, I don't mean to take this the wrong way or anything, but when you think about it, we're all human, but we're also a royal priest. And when when um, and so it, it's it's a paradox because we're both. Jesus was was both. Why do you think he said, you know, Father, if it is at all possible, take this cup from me. He was having a human moment. He was freaking out about because he knew how horrible and how badly beaten he was going to be. He was, he, was, he was horrified about it. What about when he said, you know, still hanging from the cross, he said, you know, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Wow. So, you know, the problem is, you know, it's, it goes back to that same human problem that humans have. And humans want the light to be on or off. I say this all the time. It's, it's like the answer is not A, the answer is not B, the answer is not C, the answer is always going to be D, all of the above. Okay, and that's very problematic for most people. They, they, they really, really, really struggle with that. They can't understand that God is analog. They don't understand. They just... You're either saved or you're not saved. You know, to, people, that's just how people think. And it makes it into the church. It makes it into the belief systems. So, so you end up with, you know, really good-meaning, honest people that love Jesus, that are doing a wonderful job in ministry, but they don't warn the believers and their congregation that, that not everybody is necessarily, you know, that, that they're, it's a high bar. And so we have to strive to work with the Lord and, and believe through that hope and faith that we are going to make it. You understand? Look, if I thought for any second, look, two, two things happened to me. What I'm going to share with you about the Shavuot, the Shavuot wedding event, and this is for you too, so please embrace this as your as your testimony. This belongs to you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Because we are part of the body. We are one in the body. And if any one of us gets one of these, uh, you know, supernatural things happening to them, then we are obligated to share it with the other members of the body. Okay? Now, so, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and share this with you. <clears throat> Because I want you to be encouraged, and I also want you to understand, try as hard as you can to – look, if I honestly believed that I 
and I don't think this is a good thing to believe, by the way. I'm just sharing this with you. If you believe this, please unbelieve it, okay? Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Rebuke it. Okay, if you believe there's any possibility that you might not make the barley harvest for whatever reason, okay, that is the devil talking to you. It can also be caused by your flesh, which, by the way, is unfortunately way, way more closer to the darkness than it is the light. Are The light beings that we are inside that we're going to transform into when we are like Jesus, okay, that that's... So far, I mean, every testimony of every person that has died on an operating table or whatever the case that left their body looked back at it almost in a form of disgust. They were so liberated in their light body, the light being that they actually were. They were, and they felt like themselves. They they had the same. You know, that's the thing that's amazing about it. And then they're looking down on the operating table and they're like. Almost disgusted, really. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Um, uh, Sarah, Sarah Manet, in her testimony, says, I, you know, I, I, I saw this clay, clay. She called it a clay body. Almost like she was disenfranchised with the very idea that she came from there. Anyway, so, um, you know, and then I always thought that going to heaven would be like, you would have to give stuff up, but it's completely the opposite of that. You, it, the stuff that happens to you in heaven, you know, like I used to think, this is a very common thing, by the way, for a lot of young people. Um, they uh, They believe that, you know, Girlfriends and boyfriends and the things that happen between girlfriends and boyfriends, and which ought to be only husbands and wives, um, uh, you know, that, that they're getting gypped somehow by going to heaven. No, 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 no. You got to listen to Odin, Odin Hetrick's 81 times that he was taken to heaven. It's even in his book, which I have, and I wish and hope and pray in Jesus' name that all of you will get a copy of that book. It's free. Go to Odin Hetrick's website. You can download a copy of it and read. But he talks about, so you want to read the book and you also want to listen to his two-hour long plus, two-hour plus long testimony. Type in Odin, O-D-E-N, space Hetrick, H-E-T-R-I-C-K, heaven, space heaven, Odin Hetrick heaven on YouTube. And listen, look for the one that's longest. Find the one that's the longest and listen to every little bit of it. But also read the book because there's stuff in the book that, it, that he, you know what I mean? It's not, you know, it, it, you want the whole package. You want the whole package. But he explains about what's called covenant companions. Now, I know, like, um, the, as best as I can tell from the testimonies of the people that have been taken to heaven, husbands and wives that get along and stuff and, and, and all that, they may live nearby one another, but they're not like in the same place, you know, they're, you know, they're friends. It's more like you become friends. But according to Odin Hetrick's testimony about the covenant companion, that evidently as part of the heavenly rewards system, which is vast, which is vast, um, uh, 
I don't know that everybody will get a covenant companion. I suspect, like Jesus said in Revelation 22, I think it's two or whatever, you know, behold, I come quickly and my rewards are with me to give to each according to their work, according to the stuff that you did for the Lord. Now, anyway, you know, which doesn't have it's prayer. I mean, really, prayer is I, I, I don't remember which prayer vigil or which show it was, I think it was a prayer vigil, where I read the um, testimony of the person who was flying over over heaven, and the angel told the man that the beautiful mansion that he was looking at and the pastor that was out in, in, in the front of the beautiful mansion, that the reason why that pastor had such a beautiful mansion had nothing to do with the fact that he was a pastor. It had to do with the way he prayed. And when I, I was just blown away, just blown away. So the Lord opened my eyes. I had to, you know, he basically told me, you know, I have to dump everything that I was taught, you know, uh, pretty much. You know, I mean, my experiences are my experiences, and those will always play a role in who I am, you know, at any given time. And then we strive to be sanctified and to grow out of who we are less and less and become more like Christ. That's it. Now, all that being said, I'm going to share with you this testimony because it's that time of the year. So these are all things that I did not know at all. Um, And so I struggle to try to remember how long ago this was, but I would estimate my best guesstimate would be a solid 10 years ago. Easily. And it's amazing for me to even think about that because that puts me at just just barely breaking into my early 50s. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So anyway, this is your testimony. I'm going to tell you what happened to you. Now, you might say, well, oh, don't be silly, Johnny. That didn't happen to me. It happened to you. We are all part of the body of Christ. Okay? This is so important to be able to embrace. You know, if my foot itches, my hand's going to go scratch it. If my eyes can't see, my head's going to get a big weld on it when I walk into the door frame. (laughs) Okay? We need each other. We are part of this body of Christ and all the testimonies and supernatural events and near death. Why do you think the people that have near-death experiences, now I'm not going to say it's 100% because some of them are a little <sighs> new agey and unfortunate, but the why do you suppose that people who have those types of things happen to them are so easy to find? Why do you think that they're all over YouTube? Why do you think that so many of them write books? Why do you think so many of them have been on Sid Roth, okay, or whatever? My point is simple. It's straightforward. It's because they are compelled to share it with the body because the testimony is for everybody, not just them. That is normal. That is proper. That is godly, and that's what what I'm going to do because I want you to be blessed by what the Lord showed me because it's not for me. It's for us. Okay? Remember, 
Here, I'll pull out one of the cards that are inside my uh, <laughs> shirt here. Okay, hold on. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mark eleven twenty three. Yeah. Oh, I have two Mark eleven twenty threes. Huh. How about that? Praise the Lord. Okay. So anyway, it says, you know, have faith in God. Jesus is saying, and therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, in faith, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. I'm going to say that again, because this is like that important. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I I put a little bracket with dot, dot, dots. There's, a, you know, a lot of uh, teachings, you know, Bible teachings will take extra words that are there that can be distracting from the primary message of the scripture. And so what they'll do is they'll, you know, people will do this a lot with, like, say, for example, Romans 12, to really drive home how we're supposed to love everybody. And we're, you know, we heap coals of kindness on their heads when they're treating us bad. And it brings them around. They feel guilty inside. They can't believe they treated you bad because you treated them so nice anyway. You know, that's, it's the whole thing about turning the other cheek. And if somebody t- steals your cloak, you run down the road and give them another cloak. All right, so anyway, uh, Mark 11.23, have faith in God. Therefore, so there's that word faith again, have faith in God. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, in faith, believe in faith, believe in faith, that you have received it and it will be yours. Okay? Now, you might say, well, gee whiz, uh, now, what the devil is going to do, I guarantee it, I promise you, from the bottom of my heart, I promise you, as soon as you make up your mind that this is a goal that you are going to set for yourself, you are going to go through a period of doubt, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, because that is exactly, that's what's known as a fiery dart. Yes, I've I've listened to... <laughs> a lot of a lot of stuff over my years, and I've heard this one guy, this one uh, preacher was going. I don't really think there's a demon on every doorknob, and I'm like, <laughs> you should have grown up with me, there, buddy. But anyway, and of course, you know, if you're cleaning your house and all that kind of stuff, you know, you shouldn't have to worry about that. But that that came with a lot of learning on my part, and I had to go through a lot of ugly to, to learn the things that the Lord wanted me to learn. And you know, and that's just fine. Okay, so here's the testimony. This is your testimony. This is my testimony. This is about the days that we are in right now. This is day two of the counting of the Omer. What is that? Did I already tell you what the counting of the Omer is about? If I did, I kind of blew it a little bit. I mean, I don't want to call it, I don't want to say blew it, but I will say, if you have already heard what that is, and if you're looking it up on the internet, then you're kind of doing your own spoiler. And I'll just leave it at that. Okay, but Christ rising in ascension and Pentecost, the event of Pentecost, are inextricably linked. They're deeply connected. Well, similarly, Passover, the Passover, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a celebration, but the recognition of Passover by the Hebrews um, is uh, inextricably linked to Shavuot. And it's inextricably linked to Shavuot through what's known as the counting of the Omer. So 
when I say inextricably linked, what I'm saying is they go together like a left hand and a right hand. Okay, similar to Jesus's, you know, rising from the grave and, you know, Pentecost. They go to they go to they're hand in hand. They they are inextricably linked. All right. So I'm sitting ten years ago, I'm sitting in downstairs in I, I was living alone, as I mostly always am. And um and anyway, um I I I was I guess I was getting hit with fiery darts. I assume. Could it have been a combination of my own fleshy weaknesses? Could it have been a combination of my own fleshy weaknesses and my vulnerability to the fiery darts? Because the less you know the Word of God, the less it's embedded into your heart, the more vulnerable you are to the fiery darts. Even so much so that you may not even recognize that you're under attack. Remember that Peter stood before Jesus, and and Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan. How amazing is that? Hand-chosen Peter, standing before Jesus, Jesus says, Get thee behind me, Satan. So basically, Satan was moving Peter's lips. Now, so there's a lot of variables that go into our walk and, and all that, but I wanted to share this with you because it is for you. It's for me. It's for you. But not until I encouraged you with the scripture right here. Have faith in God. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, in faith, believe in faith that you have received it and will be yours. Okay, my like I said the other day, I don't remember when, my, my sister was like, <clears throat> oh, I don't think I'll be part of the bride. I don't think I'll qualify. And I said, I said, no, 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 don't, don't say that. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. The power of the tongue. The power of the tongue. Power, 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 power. Keyword, very important keyword. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Then where did it come from? What do you have fear? God did not give it to you. Perfect love cast down all fear, and God is perfect love. What did God give us? Spirit of love, power, and a nice, calm, sound mind. Got it? Amen. That's cool. Praise Jesus. All right, so now, when you put all this together... I told my sister, life and death and power of the tongue. Don't say that. Don't say that you're not going to be that. You, you have, I, don't, I told her, I said, don't forget the parable of the workers in the vineyard and how a whole bunch of them came up at the very last minute. Everybody else has been working the whole day or almost. And some of them came up at like the last minute. And then when they were all to get paid, Jesus gave them all the, a, a full denarius, a full day's wage. And the ones that were there all day were like, hey, 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 <laughs> we were here since the break of dawn. And you gave these people over here a denarius. It's the same amount as what we got. What's up with that? The moral of the story is that Jesus decides. And it's not about showing up early, showing up late. It's not, it's not how it works. So I told my sister, get rid of that noise in your head. 
believe, understand that Jesus decides when the clock starts. Jesus decides whether or not, you know, you're getting a full Daenerys or whatever. You know, and it's, it's very similar to the talents and rewards. I mean, really, when you think about it, the, the parable of the talents and rewards, even the person that was in the middle that didn't really do an awful lot but did get a little bit of a return for Jesus, Jesus was highly complimentary of that individual. He was like, well, you've done, you know, um, some, you know, a little bit of good things, and, and I'm going to give you charge over a whole lot of other things. You know, I mean, he was really, it was amazing. The only one that he didn't he, that he kind of reprimanded, you know, admonished, if you will, is um, is uh, the um, the person that did nothing. Okay, and that that aligns with you know the book of James, where James says, you know, uh, faith without works is dead. In other words, if you're not behaving like Jesus and you're not touching other people's lives and you don't have the love of Christ in you and you're not helping people like we're supposed to be and you you know you're just not living the life then the implication is that, you know, you kind of like have dead faith, and dead faith isn't a good thing to have. You want to have vibrant faith. That's what I want you to know right now. Have vibrant faith. Yes, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here past the first fruits, first watch, barley harvest. I don't want to be. I know things are going to get really bad. Look at how bad they're getting right now. Hallelujah. So it's all creeping in on us. We all know these things are coming. We we see it creeping in on us. We see, you know, the progression of it all. Praise God, which is good. We need, we're supposed to be watching. We're supposed to, you know, what it says when you read Matthew 24 and, and you know, it, it, and Luke 21 and Mark 13. I recommend all three um, in the Olivet Discourse where Jesus is warning us, you know, that, what are going to be the signs of your of your soon coming? Of course, the, the tricky part about understanding Matthew 24, Luke 21, and Mark 13 is that Jesus isn't really talking about the rapture in, in the midst of those scriptures. All right? Evidently, that was something that was shared with Paul. Um, you know, but anyway, I'm not going to decipher all that because that's outside of the scope of what I wanted to do. And I want to get down, I want to get back into the prayer vigil here, but I do want to share this testimony with you. And I do, before I do share this testimony with you, I really, really, really want you to embrace what I just said to my sister, the parable of the workers in the vineyard, the parable of the talents and rewards. Just remember, even the one that didn't hardly do anything got a, quite a commendation from Jesus. Okay, so, and always remember that prayer is precious to God. I mean, wow. Okay, so, and remember, it's all about faith. Remember the promise of Mark, you know, uh, Mark eleven twenty three. Remember that promise. Whatever you ask for in prayer, whatever you ask for in prayer in faith, and believe that you will receive it, it will be yours. Now, now, do you get all pouty and complaining because you're not seeing? instantaneous manifestation of it? No, that's a mistake because then then unfortunately you are subject to Psalm 78:41 which says again and again they tempted God and limited the holy one of Israel. We don't want to limit God. So you praise. You pray again and again and again. The squeaky wheel gets the oil, okay? The Holy Spirit oil. All right, we'll just throw that in there with a little tongue in cheek, but but it's in Luke 18. 
the parable of the persistent widow. And, it, and, and so the persistent widow kept on bugging the, the naughty judge. This was a naughty, mean judge. Naughty, mean judge. And the persistent widow kept on praying over and over again, you know, I need you to do right by me, judge. And, you know, and then, then at the end of the parable, <clears throat> eventually the judge gave in and said, you know, because you keep on pestering me, I'm going to go ahead and take care of your problem so I can get you out of here. That's essentially what that whole thing is about. But, but Jesus starts it out, even by introduction, he says, we should always pray. And then he goes into the parable. And at the end, he says, look, if the naughty bad judge gave that lady what she has bugging him about, how much more so would your awesome, cool, loving father do it for you? The problem is we don't have – it's hard for us because we, especially in this generation, in the 21st century, we've been programmed a lot. You know, Burger King generation, right? We want we want our pickles and lettuce and all that kind of stuff. Hand it out the window. And off we go. Quad, venti, three equal latte, pumpkin spice, whatever. All right. Now, um, no, we, we we keep on praying. Just like the Bible says, we keep on praying and we keep on praising, 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 praising. There's power in praise. There is probably no better way in the entire universe to bring your, the answer to your prayer into manifestation, full manifestation, than praising. You know, can you imagine you, you, you pray to the Lord, and we're going to do that tonight, by the way. You pray to the Lord, and you, you ask him, out of faith, Father, whatever I need to do, please help me do it. Give me the courage. Give me the strength to change. Reveal to me anything that is not right in my heart. I want to make the barley harvest. I want to be part of the first fruits. I want to be part of the bride. I want to marry Jesus more than anything in the entire universe. There's nothing more important to me than that. And I am praying, Father, please find me worthy. Please, Father God, choose me in Jesus' name. You have no reason to believe anything other than that God is going to answer that prayer in the affirmative. I believe that. Now, if something happens and that doesn't quite come to pass, there may be something. I don't know. You know, we don't know what we don't know, but I certainly have. I, I would just get determined. That's how I am. I, I mean, some people, maybe not. I don't know. But I can tell you that when somebody knocks me upside the head with a baseball bat, I get very, very determined. Very determined. That's just how I am. Some people get knocked down and they they just don't, they struggle to get back up again. Uh, that ain't me. <laughs> I just get a I don't know. I get an adrenaline rush and I just jump up and I'm like, all right, let's get to work. Now, anyway, here's the testimony. It's your testimony. And these are the days, and that's why I want to share this with you. God places upon my heart tonight, and I, I think it will bless you, it, because it's for you. It is for you. And if you think for a second it's not for you, then unfortunately you are yielding to most likely a fiery dart, something that the devil has put in your head that is a lie. Just letting you know. And believe me, I didn't learn these things without a beating. Okay, I learned these things through going through 
really, really, really bad stuff on earth. Being going through persecution that most Christians don't even relate to, unless they've been sawed in half or something in Nepal. I'm just saying, you know, but as far as going through a lot of really hard stuff, I have. Okay. And that growth, when you know, when you're a determined individual, see, I believe when, when, when the scripture says that uh, Jesus will never tempt you beyond your ability to whatever, I, you know, uh, to, to be able to uh, endure it or whatever, I actually think I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I know that. I know that. I'm just saying what I feel in my heart that that means is that the Lord will never tempt you or put you in a situation. It doesn't necessarily mean that you might not fall, because there's plenty of scriptures that say that, you w- that we will fall. Um, you know, steps of a, a good man are ordered by the Lord. Though he may fall, he will not be utterly cast down, for the Lord will uphold him with his hands. All right, there's many other ones. So anyway, um, there's one I've got to find, but when I switched out my monitor, I've got to go find it. I know where it is. It's written on that card that Sister Maxine sent me, so I've got to just look it up again. But anyway... Here's the testimony for you. It's for you. It's for all of us. So there I was sitting alone on the sofa downstairs in my living room. And um, I was feeling really, really unworthy. Don't we always, don't we all, right? That's part of having a contrite spirit, which is good because God loves. He saves such as have a contrite spirit. Amen? Very good. What kind of a spirit did the tax collector have when Jesus was pointing over to the the Pharisee and the tax collector? And he was saying, you all need to be like the tax collector. Don't be like that Pharisee over there saying, I praise you, God, because I am special. I am worthy. I am this and I am that. And the tax collector stands beside him, and he's like, rips his shirt right off practically, and he's like hanging his head down. Tears are gushing out of his eyes, and he's saying, I am not worthy. You know, that's a big difference. And we need to be those who are the contrite ones. So it's good. You don't have presumptuous sin. You don't presume, you know, one of the scariest things that a lot of churchianity teaches is that everybody's going to go up in the rapture. Oh, well, you know, you believe in Jesus, you're going on a rapture. Well, it was a big wake-up call for me to meet a lot of people over the years where they had seen the rapture, or at least one iteration of it. I would estimate best it was the first fruits barley harvest was what they saw. Because they're, where they were when they saw it wasn't in a cataclysmic destructive state. They were at a revival, or they were at some sort of a whatever. And one thing that was always consistent, evidently only, this is an estimation, okay? So don't take this literally. Don't, like, count the people in your church congregation and then go, like, get a calculator out and go, oh, no, that's terrible. Don't do that. But I'm just letting you know, this this was a jolt to me. Because I came from once saved, always saved. I came from everybody's going to go up in the rapture together. I, that's where I was, I was born and raised in that world. So it was, it was etched into my heart. So when I heard the testimonies of the people and they said only 2% left. So imagine 100 people sitting there and only two of them left. 
Now, if there's 500 of them, that's 10, right? 10 people left. And, you know, I've even sat in churches one time and I was like counting the number of people sitting in the pews or whatever in the chairs, the rows of chairs or whatever the case is. And I was trying to figure out how many people are in this room right now. But anyway, it was just a small number. The rest, for whatever reason, because here's the thing. If you don't realize that the bar is high, we do. We're blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We know that Ephesians 5.27 is talking about Jesus coming for a church that without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she should be holy and without a blemish. We know that 1 John 3.7 says, he who practices righteousness is righteous, just as Jesus is righteous. We know what it means. We practice righteousness. It doesn't mean we're perfect. But at least we understand what, the, you know, what we're shooting for. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, because the rest of churchianity does not. No one told them. No one warned them. Oh, we're all going up in the rapture. Yeah? So we are fantastically blessed to have the understanding that we have, and, and there's always going to be a margin of error under, that, that is associated with that understanding. Okay? There's always, you know, what, is it a 20% margin of error, a 10% margin of error? I don't know. Is God going to call an audible? Is, is God going to say, you know what, I don't like the, I, I changed my mind. Okay, I, you know, the David Doetry vision with the large, you know, spherical copper, you know, I know Augusto Perez saw the same spaceship, and he was on the show, and I told him about it, and he goes, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said that. I saw the same thing in a vision. So, I mean, I've had a lot of confirmations from various different, very anointed people on this program regarding the David Doetry vision. Okay, so I feel pretty passionate in my heart that that is a blessing for all of us to be even be even be aware of it. And it goes together with Sori Park. I mean, they don't know each other. There's no collusion there. They weren't sitting, you know... Uh, sharing notes. So, you know, Sori Park went up to heaven and talked to Jesus about the rapture, and Jesus told him straight up that NASA's coming on the television and telling everybody that the aliens took them. Well, that isn't going to happen if you're in the middle of the day of the Lord. Okay, you got to, you know, put, you got to kind of envision what the earth is going to look like after that meteor slams into it. When you get that vision in your head, then you're like, well, there isn't going to be a Florida. Okay, Florida is going to be wiped out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I know that David Doetry saw that doggone spaceship when Florida was still here, which means it was before the meteor hit, before the sixth seal. Hallelujah. And they all go together. They don't know one another. The Lord showed me these things at different, I mean, there were years of separation, hallelujah, praise Jesus, between when the Lord showed me the one piece and then the next piece and then the next piece. And I started to, I had so many epiphanies. I was like, no way, because I couldn't, I was like putting it together, spaced across like five years of time. And they kept on telling the same story. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So that's why I'm pretty dogmatic about going to happen. Because that's an awful lot of anointed people that were given this information. Now, could God change his mind? Absolutely he could. Could he make me eat crow again and sing, you know, Donnie and Marie songs like in 2016? Yes, absolutely. I am the epitome. I am, I am a type of Jonah. If there ever was one, I'm a type of Jonah. I really am, kind of, except I'm not a, I don't have to give the prophecy. I mean, 
you know, we all prophesy in part, you know, and there are some articles that I have written that are highly prophetic, but, you know, that's just because of the walk. You know, we all prophet, we all, I want to say that word again, all prophesy in part, whether you know it or not. All right, so this is what happened. So I'm sitting on my couch, and I'm feeling very unworthy. And I, all I know, knew in my heart at the time was how bad I wanted to make the rapture. But I really – now remember, at this time, 10 years ago, I had no idea about the first watch, second watch, third watch, barley harvest, wheat harvest, grain harvest. I didn't know any of, none of that. I knew nothing about it. Now, I may have, have written the article entitled Multi-Phased Rescue Mission, which was sometime in 2011 – but it doesn't mean, you know, I when I wrote those articles, I I would say even in the articles, I don't know for sure, but this seems to me like it could mean this. All right, so I never held any of those articles as the you know the gospel truth. You know, it wasn't like Moses's tablets or anything. You know, so I'm sitting on my sofa and I'm bawling. I mean, I'm really crying pretty hard. And I'm like talking to the Lord and saying, Lord, you know, am am I going to make the rapture? You know, I, I just, I was heaving, crying, sad, just alligator tears rolling down my, you know how you like your nose and everything gets all stuffy and everything because you're really crying a lot? It was like that. I I don't know how long. And... All I can tell you is there I am with the tears coming down. I'm talking, Lord, am I going to make it? I don't know if I am. I don't feel like I can. I, I Bawling, crying, and I hear, go to the mailbox. Go to the mailbox. <laughs> okay. Now, that's how, <clears throat> that's how you know that it's the Lord speaking to you. Um, because it's so disconnected from everything. You know what I mean? You're you're scrambling up some eggs, you're tossing in a little bit of Velveeta cheese, whatever, you know, and all of a sudden you get this answer from a scripture that you've been praying over for like three years, and all of a sudden it's like, bam! That's the Lord. The Lord has a way of... Now, it's not always exactly like that. It can be different. It can be different. Um, but anyway, yeah, you'll know, you know, and 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 if you haven't experienced it, that's okay. You know, uh, there's a really good teaching on awmi.net. That's Andrew Womack AWM Ministries. I I don't know what the I stands for. AWMI.net. Just look for Andrew Walmack Ministries and look for his audio teachings and scroll through them because he's got bunches and bunches of them that are free. Look for one that says, that's entitled something like this, because he's changed some of the titles over the years, but they're the same teachings. And one of them says something like, Hearing the voice of God or something like that. Just look for it. Because I, I, would, I was working out, I, I, I listened to it many, many times, and I learned so much. 
And then, of course, my friendship with Jonathan Gleck, of course, that amplified it like a hundredfold. Because God talks to us in so many ways. And when, oh, goodness gracious, it's, it's amazing. Once you realize, that's why I recommend starting with the uh, Andrew Womack teaching, because it's, a, it's just a fantastic place to start. He does a wonderful job explaining the subtleties of hearing God's voice and how we are being, God is talking to us constantly, but we don't realize it. So anyway, there I was, and I hear, go to the mailbox. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm like pretty taken back by that because it was utterly out of place. But I knew it had to be the Lord. Because what is going to the mailbox have to do with what I'm sitting there bawling about? For real. So anyway, I my eyes dried up a little bit and they got kind of big and moony. You know, that big you know, deer in the headlight sort of look. I don't know what you want to call it. But I was like, uh, okay. And I walked out of the house and walked all the way down my driveway. My house is set back a little bit, so the driveway's a little bit long. And I walked all the way to the mailbox. And I opened up the mailbox. And I pulled out a stack, like because I'm kind of lazy and I don't like to go to the mailbox very often. So I pulled out a stack. It was about probably two inches thick, definitely over an inch. And right there on the very top of the stack... And I'm holding it in my hands right now. I'm actually looking at it. Here, listen. This is the envelope. This, this is what's inside the envelope. Okay. So I pull it out of my mailbox. And on the very top of the stack, staring me directly in the face, is... You are invited to this Shavuot wedding. I'm going to read that to you one more time. You are invited to this Shavuot wedding. So what do we know? Well, we know that it must have been Shavuot or very close to it. Or why would I even have that in my mailbox to begin with? Right? It would be around about this time of the year. Right? Okay, so hopefully you're with me there. And then I'm being told that I was invited to the Shavuot wedding. I didn't know what that means, but I know that it said wedding on it and that I was invited to it. And I bawled like a baby, sobbed all the way into the house, and I opened it up. This It's from Messianic Prophecy Bible Project, Bibles for Israel. And um, so then I got this, it had this this thing, you know, this this insert, you know, this like little teaching. And um, hold on just a second. I'm going to click on this brighter light. There we go. Hallelujah. I'm going to read this to you. Shavuot, and then in brackets it says Pentecost, Jewish year 5772. We are now 5783. How many years ago was that? 
57, 83, 83 minus 72. So we got 83 minus 72 is going to 1, and that's 11 years ago. All righty. So anyway, so I've been doing the radio for like almost 12, right? Uh, as in, you know, once we hit summer, it'll be 12 for sure. All right, so it says, Shalom, John. <clears throat> the word Shavuot means weeks, and it is the time of seven weeks between Passover and this special wedding day. Shavuot is known to Christians as Pentecost, which is the 50th day from Passover until this unique day in history when Moses received the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. And I etched in the corner Ephesians 2.14, you know, because there's neither Jew nor Gentile, you know, that kind of thing, because we are all one in the body of Christ. Very important foundational thing to get your arms around. When you're hearing this, it says today in Jewish tradition, the holiday of Shavuot is likened to a wedding, a marriage between God and the people of Israel. Oh, wait a minute. John 1030. I and the father are one. Oh, wow. That's pretty neat. Then it says, this is the day when he, our Heavenly Father, gave the Jewish people the Torah, the Word of God. Uh, and that is his wedding contract with us. It says, in some synagogues, a special wedding contract, known as Kedubah, uh, is read on this holiday of Shavuot, a wedding contract, known as a Kedubah. This wedding contract brings about. Remember, we're in the. You know, Jesus is is the uh, is the uh, uh, mediator of the new covenant. Wedding contract. What's the difference between a contract and a covenant? One's eternal. One is not. Covenant. New covenant. That's eternal. All right. You get, hopefully, you're stitching this all together. Praise God. This is for all of us. This wedding contract brings about the drama of the day as congregants fell, uh, feel like they are actually at a sacred wedding. The Shavuot wedding contract is read as a symbolic betrothal between God and his people. John, oh, I even wrote into the margin, John 10.30. I, Jesus, and the Father are one. Wow, that's so cool. The wedding contract specifies the conditions agreed upon between the two parties and is presented by the bridegroom to the bride. The bridegroom to the bride. Embrace those words, please, because you're listening to the Jewish version, Shavuot, and this wedding contract. And how it is presented by the bridegroom to the bride. This is for you. This is for you. Remember everything that I've shared. Remember the foundations that I've shared. Remember how we are all part of one body. Remember that there is power in your tongue. Remember 
that Mark 11.23 says, Have faith in God, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, in faith, believe that you have received, and it will be yours. Remember the power of praise. Remember that the fastest, most powerful, most effective way that you can bring down, that you can accelerate receiving the answer to your prayers. And this one here, we got to keep praying for indefinitely, really, when you think about it. I mean, because we're believing, we're believing, amen, we are believing that we are going to receive this. And we are praising God that we are going to receive this. We know that we are going to receive this. Okay, we know why. Because it says in Luke 18, how much more so would the good judge give? I believe with all my heart that we praise. We believe it. We thank him. We are absolutely gushing with praise. If praise can take down the walls of Jericho, if praise can cause an earthquake to break open the <clears throat> the shackles and the iron, if Paul and Silas can go back, get out of jail, you know what, folks, what, how much more so in your life? And I know it's hard. Believe me, I don't really, I, all I'm going to say is I know it's hard. I know it's really hard really, really hard. But it's critical that we understand that when the Lord showed me this, it was for you. When the Lord showed me the scriptures that I have etched in these cards that I live and die by, that I freak out when they fall out of my pocket, these all fit together into a, a tapestry of supernatural promise. That is not mine. It's ours. It's all of ours. The nanosecond, the, the whatever you want to call it, millisecond or whatever, that you allow any thought to creep into your head that you're not worthy, that's coming from the darkness. Your relationship with Jesus, your desire to serve God, to please him, to pray fervently for the lost of the world, to pray fervently for your fellow brothers and sisters, to pray fervently for, the, for churchianity that may have a little piece of the puzzle but still be missing something really important, whatever the case may be. Pray fervently for the people that are under persecution in different countries that are under, you know, war conditions and stuff. Pray these things, okay, and, 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 and do it because you love your Father, because you want to be in the secret place of the Most High. When you trust God, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own you know, understanding and always think of Him, praise Him, worship Him, and He will make your path straight. You know, it's it's it, uh, Isaiah twenty six three, um, uh, for he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts you. Because he trusts you, do you trust your father? Now I know where I know where it comes from. Been there, done that. It's not that you don't trust your father. 
It's that you just don't feel worthy. Well, guess what? You're not. It's the blood of Jesus that makes us worthy. It even gives us a shot. Now, listen, if you are making bad decisions right now, correct them. It's never too late. Oh, but this, oh, but that. No, 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 no buts. Just correct them. Just make corrections. Talk to the Lord. Spend time with him. Love on him. Love Jesus. Sing songs to him. Take communion. Make it real in your life. Fall in love. And that love will spring forth like just the most, I don't know, I can't even think of the right words, but but when God's love overwhelms you, it will overwhelm those around you. It will, it will I don't want to say explode forth, but it will emanate from you. And you will do things that you won't even believe that you did (laughs) because it was someone like you to do it. But then you'll be like, that's Christ. That's Jesus. That's me. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Praise God and thank you, Jesus. I hope this blessed you because I, I want people to be encouraged. I don't want to, you know, fear is a good motivator. Why do you think God created hell? Why do you think, he, why do you think Jesus warned us? Fear him who can cast soul and body into hell. Right, right. You got to have that negative battery, the terminal hooked up or else that Holy Spirit current doesn't flow very well. Positive and negative reinforcement, when used together, are absolutely, nothing is more motivational than that. Nothing. So, it's good. It, it, uh, it's like that other scripture that I have here laminated, the one that I was talking about the other day. Here it is. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Pleasure in reproaches, pleasure in needs, pleasure in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, I am strong. That's why when bad things happen, when when things that we perceive as being bad happen to us, we should take pleasure. We should praise God. We should bring down those walls of Jericho. We should we should bring we should cause that earthquake to break open the, the cast iron bars and the shackles. Praise. Just praise. Because it's so powerful. What could possibly if you have no doubt in your mind and you believe with all of your heart and you know your father loves you you know what? I like having negative reinforcement. I want negative reinforcement. I like it. I was raised that way. My dad put a paddle up in the basement of our house. He he cut it out of a tube by four. He cut a little handle on it. And he, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but he took one of the, it wasn't funny when he took it down off the wall, though. I'll tell you that. But anyway, um, and he mounted it. He put a little mount on the wall and, um, he got one of those giant Sharpie markers, big black magic marker, and he wrote paddle, P-A-D-D-L-E. <laughs> Almost like he had to like advertise it, make it official. 
And oh, let me tell you something. And what I used to dislike the most was when no one would come clean. I would know who the guilty party was, but it, and, it, and yeah, no, it wasn't me all the time. I'm, I'm sure I was involved in some of it at some point. But anyway, but yeah, when, when, when no one would come clean and we all had to get, you know, it hurts. Just like it says in the scripture, chastening is not pleasant to go through at the time you're going through it. We want that. We want to be chastened. We want to be refined. We want to praise God. We want to have that thorn in the flesh. You put all of this together, you believe You pray and you thank God every day. I praise you, Father. I thank you, Father. I cannot wait to see you. I cannot wait to see you, O Lord Jesus. Keep me from stumbling and present me faultless before the presence of your glory, Father God, with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. And that is our belief. We we become faith. We become belief and faith. It becomes who we are because we really do believe. And that is a powerful, powerful, encouraging blessing for each of us to hold on to. Don't be afraid. Don't worry about a thing. Because you know what? God's got this. Praise his name.
what matters to me is that your spirit is shining. Just rest in my light and watch those shadows dissolve. Don't forget where you belong Like the steadiness of the sun Keep on burning Never turn Keep it up And you will learn That my children need my light Every day Never forget that this is always your home. You can come as you are and you'll always be loved. In my presence, time is gone. Future mistakes were all forgiven by me. If you hold to my word, you will always be free. This promise will stand till the end of time. It was paid in full when I called you mine. Praise the pain away. Don't forget where you belong. Like the steadiness of my son. Keep on burning. Never turn away. Just keep it up. And you will learn That my children needs my light Every day Shabbat <clears throat> excuse me, testimony, forgive me. So right after Passover, the Hebrews or the Jews count down, it's called the counting of the Omer. And the counting of the Omer goes from Passover all the way to Shabbat, Okay. You know what an omer is? It's a sheave of barley. <laughs> yeah. As in barley harvest. Yeah. You count the sheaves of barley. Doesn't get any better than that. Praise God. I will tell you this. I feel good. Um, and the reason I feel good, I think, is because what I just shared with you, <clears throat> I needed to hear it. And I hope you did too. 
and I just praise God because I feel good. I I do. I feel I feel kind of joyous, <laughs> and I don't really see that very often. Okay, because I've you know got overloaded with stuff, and you know it's a blessing. I I absolutely adore the thorn in the flesh scripture, Second Corinthians um, twelve ten, I think it is. Um, you know I take pleasure in these things pleasure in my infirmities and reproaches and needs and distresses. You know, because when we're weak, we are strong. And, you know, when we're weak, what do we do? We draw in closer to the Lord, don't we? And then we become really strong because we have his power in our lives. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I think it's very uplifting, very encouraging. I believe with all of my heart. We are so close, and how can you not be thrilled about that? I'm not worried about none of the other stuff. I mean, I know it's coming, but nah, God's got this. Thank you, Jesus. Praise. Supercharge, supercharge your prayers with praise. Supercharge the speed at which you receive, and oh my gosh, and it increases your faith. Oh, man. My goodness, there's so much power in praise. It just wraps everything that you do, every, oh, I just, I, I, I can't even imagine. It's hard to really, it's kind of hard to imagine how much power there is in praise. When you put fervent prayer side by side with absolute believing, faith, trust in God, and praise because you know that you're going to receive it, Wow. That's life-changing. Praise his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, we love you. We thank you for what you did on the cross. We thank you. We don't even want to. I don't think there's anybody that is participating in this prayer vigil that wants to even imagine the things that you had to go through, the horror. But you did. Oh, I don't even want to think about it. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion. Then run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. For it was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship, for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. 
Jews are only righteous acts. Even in his heart he speaks the truth. And even in his heart he speaks the truth. No slander fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty yet I will rejoice in the Lord. 
I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Praise God. You know, you can kind of, you know, kind of like, you know, take this and say, you know, even though central bank digital currencies are being implemented all over the world, you know, even though, you know, the Fed now system is going, in, you know, on into pilot mode in July, you know, even though pretty much, the you know, 90 percent of the population of the world is walking around with like, you know, graphene oxide and creepy creatures inside of them. So they, you know, I, like, you know, I will be joyful. And praise God. Power. Thank you, Jesus. Power in the praise. He restores my soul. He leads me to the path of righteousness. For his namesake, surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all. Hallelujah. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity and whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit. So remember, when you don't feel so worthy, maybe it's because you have a contrite and humble spirit. You know what? God is very close to those who have a contrite spirit. Because as it says here, Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the hearts of the contrite ones. Contrite means, from our dictionary, feeling or expressing remorse, penitence, affected by guilt, a broken and contrite heart, remorseful, repentant, penitent, regretful, and sorry. And boy, does that describe me. <laughs> I'm like the sorriest person on this side of the Mississippi. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Keep back your servant from presumptuous sins and let not them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless. Then I shall be innocent of great transgression. Psalm 19, 13. Our citizenship is in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. From which we also eagerly wait for our Savior, Jesus, who will transform our lowly bodies, that it may be conformed to his light body. Glorious body, it says. Well, guess what? You know what glory is? It's light. It's God's light. It's what glory is. Glory light. According to the working by which he is able to subdue all things unto himself. Wow. Praise God. And don't forget, Ecclesiastes 7.14, enjoy prosperity while you can. But when the hard times strike, realize that both come from God. Remember that nothing is certain in this life. That would be a sister verse to when Jesus said, it rains on the just and the unjust. But don't forget, Isaiah 57.1, Isaiah 57.1 says the righteous, they die, they perish. The righteous perish, but no one takes it to heart. Merciful men are taken away, while no one even considers 
that the righteous was taken away from evil. Put that side by side with Psalm 116, verse 15. Precious, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Wow. Sometimes when you look at yourself, I, I muse at myself. I do. I, don't get me wrong. I mean, we all go through ups and downs. and But, you know, I, I just almost have to kind of laugh at myself because I should know better. You know, but I can't help but be human sometimes, you know, I guess we all are in that same same boat. Right. And it just kind of comes with, you know, it's like it, it's that it, it echoes. It echoes that 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 incredible. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it a meme. It's kind of like a meme where it has this gorgeous. Like Hubble Space Telescope picture of the Milky Way galaxy. Just beautiful. And then it has this little white arrow at the very, very far, you know, end of it, the uh, far western end of the uh, Milky Way galaxy. There's this little white arrow, and it says, (laughs) the caption is, you crying in the morning before, crying in the shower before work in the morning. So you're looking at this incredible galaxy, God's artwork and creation. Probably millions of life forms and civilizations. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I know they're out there. I'm just saying I don't know how many are in the Milky Way galaxy. But I'm just saying, you know, isn't it fascinating when you kind of flip your perspective around a little bit and you're like, huh? You know, we should probably put together a collection of scriptures that are those ones that say things like that we're all just like a zephyr. You know, we're like a breeze, you know, that that man is, is, you know, we all think we're going through so much and that our situation is, oh, to us it's just so big and we're just so bummed out. And, you know, me, look at me. God blesses me with a new job and, you know, I'm just going, what, why are, you know, it's like wherever I go, it's like if if it's the world's hardest project, if it's the world's most complex company, if it's the, you know, it follows me wherever I go. <laughs> I can't get away from it. But you know what? Praise Jesus. Thank you, Father. Wow. What a blessing. Because with it comes, you know, the ability to be able to touch other people's lives and do this program and maybe encourage people and, you know, do the things that I've always wanted to do. I mean, from the very first day I stood up Tribulation Now on, on as a web server in 2009, my wife didn't understand it. Dawn, <laughs> she thought I had lost it. She was like, what What, what are you doing? What, what you know, she she just could not relate to it at all. Now, okay, 12 years later, uh, she's like sending me stuff, you know. So she's woke up. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, 
um, praise God uh, and, and uh, you know, just embrace. Do not worry. Do not fear. Trust God. Let him be God. Let fall in love with him and believe and know that the scripture says what it says and that, that you are a beneficiary of it. Praise his name. Well, I don't I just find it a little bit challenging to believe that God would give us all this. And I do mean us. All this, what we've been talking about. And then just kind of go, ha ha, only kidding. You're going to have to stay. I just, no, I don't think so. I really think that as long as we really put our heart into into developing our intimate relationship with Jesus and sing to him, get on our knees and just bathe in the presence, speak in tongues for 15 minutes, you know, pray for your fellow brothers and sisters, pray for the lost people. Uh, you know, I'm sure that all of us know people in our lives, you know, whether they're related to you or whether they're just friends of the family that need prayer, save their souls. Father, in the name of Jesus, please save their souls. Father, in the name of Jesus, please send dreams and visions into their hearts. Father, in the name of Jesus, don't let them end up in the pit. Father, save their souls. You know, uh, pray for the people in, 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 that are going through hellacious things here on the earth. You know, call it out to the Lord. Part the spiritual realm is the Red Sea in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. And, you know, you don't have to pray exactly like I pray on this prayer vigil. Okay, these are just things that the Lord has shown me over time. When we first started doing this prayer vigil years ago, I don't know, it it seems like it's like 100 shows, uh, you know, minus the couple of times that I took off. um, You know, I'm showing something like, I don't know, 100 and. 20 shows or something like that, maybe, I don't know. And and when you do that, do the math, and it's weekly, that would be a couple of years plus, probably. I don't know, it's, it's irrelevant. The point is this, praise God. It's like God has brought, you know, we, you know I, as the Lord would teach me things, as I would go through stuff that was just, awful, okay, and, and all that, I, you know, the Lord showed me things, but it's not, you know what, when somebody, when I'm on the phone with somebody, and they say to me, you know, well, this is how I pray, I don't sit there and say, well, you know, you know, no, I'm like, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus, you know, if they are, if their faith is amplified, if they feel in their heart <coughs> that the Lord wants them to pray a certain way. Like I said, I I got that um, when I was going through some of that really bad stuff years ago, back around 2017, end of 2017, beginning of 2018, um, um, I downloaded a free booklet from Canaan Ministries. It's K-A-A-N, or no, K-A-N-A-A-N Ministries. I don't even know if they're still out there, but they had a free book. It was like a uh, like a handbook to teach people how to deliver people from satanic ritual abuse. And it's just loaded with prayers. It's like huge. Well, not that huge, but eh, it's about 20, 25 pages, maybe. <clears throat> and. Um, wow. And it has prayers for like everything, you know, so. um 
I, you know, the Lord led me down the path that he led me, and I, I share with you what the Lord shared with me, but that doesn't mean you can't do a better job for yourself. You know, that it, it, we're, you know, with all of our walks are intimate with Jesus. All of our walks are unique for a really good reason, because we're all part of the body of Christ. You know, and all of our situations are also different, too. So what works for one may not work as well for another. And, you know, and there isn't a it, it isn't a right or a wrong. OK, but, you know, what I, of course, naturally what I would do on this program, praise God, is to share with you what I feel in my heart work the best for me. And I can also explain scriptures, you know, that go along with it. It's it's uh, it's. Imagine if, like, the prayers, the way that I pray with the Lord, and I don't pray this way all the time, but I'm just saying that when I when I share these with you, I try my best to include the scriptures that go along with it and the hows and the whys. Because when you understand why and how, you know, you're praying this way because of this reason. You're praying that way because of that reason. I can tell you, folks, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, that one of the reasons why, well, when I went through all the things that I went through, I'm just going to keep this very light-hearted because that's why I want it to be is light-hearted. I'm not going to get into the gruesome details. Um, but uh, when I was going through the really hard times that I did go through, um, uh, it, I was really, really mad at the demons of darkness. I was very angry at the witch covens. I was very angry at the, uh, 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 you know, all of these entities from the bowels of Sheol, and I wanted to punish them. You know, when the, when the demons said to Jesus, have you come to punish us before our time? The first verse that echoed forth in my mind was, and greater things than these will you do, because I go unto the kingdom. And I thought, well, pretty much opens up the door of possibilities for me. So, you know, who's to tell me or you or anybody else what greater things are these? All I know is that Jesus had his reason for letting those devils go and not punishing them. But I don't have that same reason. And I also know that, you know, the way that I pray, when I ask Jesus to seal the pit with, with his blood, because only the Lamb of God can break the seals, which is true, that Jesus may decide to let them back out again. And that's fine with me. I'm just looking for a breakthrough when I pray the way that I pray for the lost. And I'm also looking to seal those demons up in the pit. I want them to feel the fire of God burn them. I want to make a public... When you look at the Colossians 2.15, it says, uh, you know... Uh, that Jesus, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them. Well, think about that. What does that really mean? That Jesus, dis, you know, by, by virtue of hanging on the cross for us, how apropos, right, for this weekend. Well, really, the rising of, of from the grave is really the, the, the mantra and spirit of this weekend, praise God. But still, it, it, 
when you when you consider okay, making a pulp so you disarm them, you, he disarmed principalities and powers, making a public spectacle of them. Well, I ask myself, I have a reasonably good command of the English language. Not as, you know, I don't think that I've, you know, arrived or anything, but I, I, it's reasonably decent, I think, maybe. Uh, certainly lots of stuff I don't know, but that's always going to be the case for everybody. But anyway, so I, I, when I say to myself, well, by virtue of dying on the cross, Jesus disarmed principalities and powers, and he made a public spectacle of them. Now, what in the world does that mean? Because when you look at where are the principalities and powers, spiritual hosts of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places, where are they? They're in the air. So we're not able to see it, but there is this, it's, it's inappropriately and wrongfully oftentimes referred to as the second heaven. That is absolutely wrong. It is not, never has been, never will be, and that is not in the Bible. That is a man-made-up, wrongful thing to say. Now, um, the uh, but we do know that Satan is the prince of the air, and we do know that um, the Bible refers to it as high places. Now, we also know from testimonies of people who have, and also, you know, combat in the spiritual realm, uh, you know, how, how Satan stops our prayers. We know from that. We also know from the testimony of those who have uh, either, A, worked for the devil, worked for Satan, and came back and told us what happens in, in the spiritual realm, or B, uh, Christians that we may or may not have met or known uh, that have for whatever reason and under whatever circumstances, I don't know, I, I, I don't get into those details, but I have been told by people that I knew very, very well that they were taken into this, the spiritual realm, the air, and they could see the wars taking place. They knew, in fact, one of them told me that if you saw the power of your prayers through faith and how much more powerful those prayers are because you are praying from faith, so when all the principalities and the powers and the angels and everything are fighting in the spiritual realm, the most obvious weapons of destruction are those that are called down by us. We're the ones that no one can see, but the fire is shooting down and burning them, and they are scattering. What does it mean to be made a public spectacle? To me, that sounds like humiliation. So as far as I can tell, when I look at Colossians 2.15, where Jesus disarmed the principalities and powers, making a public spectacle of them, that could just as easily say Jesus disarmed took away all the power of the principalities and powers, the spiritual host of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places, and he humiliated them. Okay? In other words, he made an example of them. 
So when I believe with all of my heart that when I use the fire of God against principalities and powers and spirituals, the wickedness and rulers of darkness and high blazes, I am making an example of them. The other demons of darkness, the other principalities, the other whatevers, whatever they are, I don't care. There's entire books written on this subject. And, you know, at the end of the day, it completely doesn't even mean anything to me. As long as I am effectively punishing them like they need to be then praise the Lord. And it, there are those who won't, don't want to go there. They don't want, I can name names and I, it's, it's irrelevant. I, you know, it, it, everybody's different. Everybody has a, a um, we're all different. And because we're all different, our relationships with Jesus are different. And our, our, the way that we pray, how do we, how we believe, all that kind of stuff, it, it may, your journey may be very different. Now, am I going to share what has worked well for me with you? Of course I am. But I'm not saying this is the only way. That's silly. I am only sharing with you what I do and why I do it and the scriptures that back it. Okay, praise God. So um, I know I'm going to run out of time, but I'm going to run over. I I want to go into communion, and I want to have time to pray for the lost across the world. But real quick, I'm just going to summarize for those who may be new or those who are still learning or whatever. And remember, you don't have to do it just like this. That's not – no, there's no rules. There are no rules. These are just things that – I stitched together with over years of time and under some very unusual, powerful circumstances. Now, all that being said, um, since then, the Lord has shown me that the fire that's shot out of the mouth of the two witnesses uh, for three and a half years is a weapon. Okay, that is the fire of God, using the fire of God as a weapon against the evil, against the dark side, is it's like it's like the best ever. There is no better weapon ever, ever, ever. Period. End of story. It can't doesn't get any better than that. All right, the Zechariah two five or whatever, uh, you know, fire of God. That's that's the bomb. Uh, well, you know, literally uh, for them. Okay, um, but you know, the two witnesses had it. They were shooting shooting this fire out of their mouth for three and a half years straight. So they were fighting against the darkness for the entire period of the Great Tribulation. All right. And I've already shared testimonies about that. Just remember to take the mission. Take the mission, John. Well, same for you. You take the mission, too. Now, so real quick recap, and then we'll go into communion, and then we'll pray for the lost. And again, mix it up. Take some of the stuff. If you like some of the stuff that you hear, take some of it. Use it yourself. Change it up. Change it up. If you feel led to change it up and do some different things, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're all part of the body. I might even, you know, maybe you have something you're like, hey, you ought to try this. And I'll be like, I like it. Right? So anyway, so it's like, okay. So... As we go, as we have historically gone over the scriptures uh, that lead up to the, you know, that, that are part of this program. Um, as a matter of fact, here I'll just go ahead and I want to move quickly here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
Okay. Ah. Okay, that's the Lord's Supper. So it's right after the Lord's Supper. And then all the testimonies of the people that have been saved by Jesus in dreams and visions. Those are very encouraging. Okay, so we've got those scriptures. Of course, there's plenty of them about us casting out demons and devils and wrestling with... We don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness of this age and spiritual hosts of wickedness and high places. Heavenly is not the right word. <clears throat> but anyway... Matthew twelve forty three, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes to dry places, he can rest and finds none, and then he says, I'll return to my house from which I came, and then he finds it empty, swept and put in order, because the demons are cast out. And then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last, this last state of the man is worse than the first. So shall it be with his wicked generation, because they fail to go and sin no more. Go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you, Jesus said to the man. All right, so when you put all of these things together, now you have... The base, the basis for putting together some pretty, I think, effective prayers. You have to understand. Well, this is a, an important part of the understanding. It, I'm, I'm not saying you have to, but I'm just saying it is good to understand certain fundamentals. One fundamental is, praise Jesus, that a demon has a lawful right to inhabit a sinner, even if they're Christian. This nonsense that the church came up with, oh, well, you know, you're the house of the Holy Spirit and demons can't be inside of you and they can't, you know, and all. And I'm like, that is not, that is not correct. All right. So anyway, um, Jesus said that he has nothing in me. What he meant was that I have no sin in me, therefore he has nothing. The accuser of the brethren cannot accuse Jesus. He, the devils can't go there because they... But when So what you want to do is you want to ask God... I'm just going to summarize this at a very high level because I want to move quickly because I'm running out of time. I always do. All right, and But you want to... You want to ask our Heavenly Father, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. Once God forgives them, the devils don't have a legal right to stay there anymore. doesn't mean they're going to leave voluntarily. You're still going to have to kick them out. But once God forgives that individual, whoever it is you're praying for, and it can be millions of people in the land of Africa. It can be two people in a room across the street. You know, the principles apply no matter what. All right, you know, no matter how many people, you could be praying over a building to extricate it of evil forces or whatever. When you say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. Pour out this golden bowl of forgiveness on them. It disarms the principalities and powers. It disarms the demons of darkness. They no longer have a legal right to stay in that individual. When you combine that with the fact that you are a royal priesthood, First Peter 2.9, and you say, and you say, you know, fought, you, know you, you pray for their forgiveness as well. You know, uh, so, so you ask God to forgive them, then you 
uh, you know, uh, break all uh, generational and bloodline curses, you, all that stuff, you basically are removing the, completely removing the legal rights of the demons to be there. Then you go after the principalities and powers. Then you go after the demons and the strong men that are, that are binding, you know, that are holding them down. Because you've got to get them out. You've got to get a breakthrough. And you and I like to call in angel reforces to 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 strike them deaf, blind, and numb to wage war against the the second order demons or whatever you want to call them. I, you know, I bring in the reinforce the reinforcements, and I like to part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea in the name of Jesus because I know the demons hate going through the firmament, the firmament, the air. It stinks. It's black. It's thick. It's horrible. And angels don't like it. They don't want to be there. They want to get through it as fast as possible. So I ask. God departed. I command it to be parted in the name of Jesus Christ for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to move freely and unhindered through those through, through that place. Okay, and and I call them down in the name of Jesus to come against these demons, to grab these demons, strike them deaf, blind, and dumb, place them under arrest, and cast them into the pit. And then I declare the fire of God to, to weld the pit shut, permeate the pit, and then burn these things into screaming agony because I am here to punish you before your time if I can do it and I believe that I am and I stand behind that belief hallelujah because there's no place in the Bible that says that I can't now all that being said then we go to the individual, praise Jesus, and we call down, we, you know, we want a holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection, not a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to encapsulate them on all sides, Job 1, nine, Because Satan said to God, have you not put a, a, a hedge of protection all around him, all around his livestock, and all around his family on every side? Every side. Well, obviously, it's pretty important. So I pray that, and then because um, I want them wrapped in protection. Okay, I don't want any demons coming back inside of them. I need a breakthrough. You need a breakthrough. If you're praying for your son, your daughter, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, and they are unbelievers, you need to get those demons out of them first. Okay, one of the things, another thing that I do, praise Jesus, is is I is I um um uh. I I will call down the holy fire of God to surround them on all sides to protect them. Let Father let nothing unclean re-enter the clean swept house. Hallelujah. Okay, and then I I I, I, I in the name of Jesus I declare the crystal river, the living water, the abundant grace of God to flow freely into their hearts to fertilize the soil therein that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit and the fruit will remain. We have the parable about the uh, seeds and 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 how. Some of them will fall on uh, fertile soil, and some of them will fall on rocks and be washed away, etc. So I want that. I want that. I want them to be fertilized. I want the seeds of the prayers to take root. I want to see, uh, you know, I want to see results. All right, and that's what I'm praying for. John fifteen sixteen says that you know that that uh, uh, the Jesus Christ you know has has ordained us. He has ordained us, and that we will go and bear fruit, and the fruit will remain. And I and so I weave those scriptures into the prayers for the people that I'm praying for, whether it be millions of people or whether it be just a couple of people or a small group or whatever. The tactics that are that I'm using are 100 percent scriptural. Praise God. So um, anyway, I'm looking at the time and as I always do, 
especially when I give testimonies about Chava old weddings and stuff. Um, you know, it's uh, the time does fly very, very fast. Praise Jesus. It does. Praise God. However, we are going to take communion. And so we're going to enter into it right now.
you. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, Meditate upon these things. And to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Titus 1, 15. 1 Peter 2, 9. Colossians 3, 12. Philippians 4, 8. He, Jesus, went a little further, and he fell on, fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew twenty-six thirty-nine. 
God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, and believed upon in the world, and received up in the glory, the ascension. 1 Timothy 3.16 Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We pray for purification based upon Psalm 51, 1 through 14. Hallelujah. Father, we pray that you will have mercy upon us according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, we pray. Please blot out all of our transgressions. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin. For Father, we acknowledge our transgressions and our sin is always before us. Against you and you only we have sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Praise you, Jesus. Behold, Father, we were brought forth in iniquity, and in sin our mothers conceived us. Behold, you desire truth in the inward part, and in the hidden part you will make us to know your wisdom. Purge us with hyssop, and we shall be clean. Wash us, and we shall be whiter than snow. Make us hear joy and gladness, Father, that the bones you've broken may rejoice. Hide your face from our sin. Blot out all of our iniquities. Create in us, Father, a clean heart. And renew a steadfast spirit within us. Do not cast us away from your presence. Do not take the Holy Spirit. Let us not grieve the Holy Spirit, Father. Restore to us the joy of your salvation, upholding us with your generous spirit. And then we will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted to you. Father, deliver us from the guilt of our past sins. God of our salvation. And we will praise your name. Hallelujah. Forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. For I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that on that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In that same manner, he took a cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, for as often as you eat of this bread 
and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ani, Lododi, Lododi Li. I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine.
all the time about my finely tuned Twitter feed. <clears throat> gives me a lot of really good up-to-date information on things that are going on. Praise God for that. But Dinesh D'Souza, he's the, uh, he's the fellow who um, created the two, what is it, 2,000 mules or something like that video that really should have slam dunked, but they're not listening. They don't care. This, these are saying this. They are extremely evil. So anyway, um, and he says, Dinesh D'Souza on Twitter, he says this. I'm going to quote exactly what it says. He says, Muslims by the millions are converting to Christianity. This has never happened before, he says. And the astounding explanation given by many of the converts is that they are seeing dreams and visions of Jesus. Um, Now, I have, you know... so anyway, I'm just going to leave that with you in your heart because I have four other articles that the Lord has given me over the last several years saying essentially the same thing from different sources. Praise God. But the same thing, dreams and visions of the night. It says in Job 33, you got to use the um, – I, I like let, – let me just say it this way. I like the King James. This is one of the few times that I actually like the King James rendition a lot. In Job 33, it's like 13, 14, and 15, something like that. It says, The Lord speaks once, yea, twice, but man perceiveth it not, in a dream, in a vision of the night. When deep sleep falls upon men, he saves their souls from the pit and seals their instruction. So there's always a scripture that that nails it. Praise God. And um, this is a humongous blessing, folks, because the Lord has been over years and years and years of time. Um, here's another one, Christian news, uh, newly, newly Christian families driven from homes in Uganda. In this particular case, the, the woman saw a man dressed in a white robe who enters, who introduced himself to the young lady. Her name is Nembeya, uh, as Isa, which is Jesus in her language. Man. Another one here from the Gospel Herald going all the way back to 2018. Iran now has one of the fastest growing Christian populations as more Christians, I'm sorry, as more Muslims are having dreams and visions of Jesus. There's another one here from the Gospel Herald. Just so many confirmations from our Heavenly Father. What a blessing. So anyway, praise God. Let's just go ahead and um, with the little bit of time that we have left, let me think. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Europe. Europe is a mess. Praise God. Dear Heavenly Father, without giving the testimony of the incredible testimony of how you hooked me up with this golden cup covered with grapes and grapevines. 
I hold it up before you, and we can all praise your name, Lord. Symbolically hold up before you a golden cup of forgiveness, and we pray, Father, forgive the peoples of the lands of Europe. Forgive the peoples of the lands of Europe all the way from the western sides of Ireland to the eastern sides of Ukraine, to the northern sides of Norway, to the southern sides of Cyprus, and all lands in between. Father, touch the good and the bad. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Please pour out a golden bowl of forgiveness upon them all. For Father is a royal priesthood, a holy nation, your own special people. We confess of the sins of the peoples of the lands of Europe. We confess of the sins of the peoples of, of, of their first fathers and their fathers' fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Now we, redirect, we direct our power at the second order entities from the bowels of Sheol. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual host of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places, we come against you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God, we decree fire swords of cherubim to be shot down from the heavens and to cut you into pieces, we declare fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you in the screaming agony in the name of Jesus Christ, making a public spectacle of you thereof in accordance with Colossians 2.15 an example before all the other demons of darkness we part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea for safe passage for heaven's angels heaven's resources and heaven's power to move freely upon the earth hallelujah Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything that cannot call Jesus its Lord and Savior, binding or hindering the hearts and the minds of the lost peoples across all of the lands of Europe. Again, from the north to the south to the east to the west, the good and the bad. Demons of darkness, come forth. Strong men, come out of them now. We decree hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels to descend upon you, to strike you deaf, blind, and dumb, place you under arrest, and cast you into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We decree the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn you into screaming agony, making a public example of you in Jesus' name. Holy Lord Jesus, we plead your blood to seal the pit. For only the Lamb of God, you, can break those seals. We need a breakthrough. We praise you, Lord. We declare the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot in the name of Jesus and to encapsulate them on all sides. Let nothing unclean re-enter the clean-swept house across all of the nation-states of Europe, the good and the bad, in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Father, we pray for the crystal river, the living water, your abundant grace to flow freely down into the hearts and the minds of the lost peoples across all of the lands of Europe, to fertilize the soil of their hearts therein, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit, and the fruit will remain in accordance with John fifteen sixteen in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And, Father, we pray, please, for an innumerable company of angels of light and love in the presence of the Lord Jesus to come upon all of these people in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men to save their souls from the pit, to seal their instruction. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Father, we hold up this golden bowl of forgiveness. 
symbolically before your throne, and we pray that you will pour it out upon all of the peoples of the lands of Africa, from the, from Morocco to Egypt to the Sudan, all the way down to Gaza, uh, I'm sorry, Ghana, the Ivory Coast, Namibia, Father God, uh, Zimbabwe, South Africa, Kenya, Father, in Jesus' name, across all of those lands, Liberia, glory to God. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. For we confess of their sins before thee, Father. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their fathers' fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time. In Jesus' mighty name, we part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to move freely across the peoples of the lands of Africa. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual host of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places above the lands of Africa, we come against you. In the name of Jesus, we call down fire swords of cherubim to be shot down from the heavens and to cut you into pieces. We declare the fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you in the screaming agony, making a public example of you in front of all the other demons of darkness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We declare the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot and to encapsulate all of the peoples of the lands of Africa from the north to the south to the east to the west, the good and the bad. In Jesus' name, let nothing unclean re-enter the clean-swept house. And we plead, Father God, for, an, for the crystal river, the living water, your abundant grace to flow deep into the hearts of the peoples of the lands of Africa from all across the lands, all across the lands, Father God, to fertilize the soil there, and that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit, and the fruit will remain in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Father, we plead for an innumerable company of angels of light and love and the presence of our Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, please, in your omnipresence across all the universe, that you will come upon them in their dreams and visions. Call them by their name. Please, Lord, reach your hand toward them. Offer your love to them. Let them hear you to call them by their name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord God, we know that you would want not one to perish. We pray for a breakthrough. Millions of dreams, millions of visions of Jesus. Millions of dreams of angels. And a touch of the presence of God like no other. Our time is running short. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Holy is your name, Father. We pray that you will make us holy. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God, we declare the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection to swirl around about us on all sides. Any demons of darkness, workers of Satan, live or dead human spirits, members of a witch coven, anything that cannot call Jesus its Lord and Savior, that at the moment that you set your wills against us, 
or any demon allows these other demons enter through their territories for the purpose of coming against us, we decree the holy fire of God to shoot down from the glory pillar and to burn you in the screaming agony. In Jesus' name, we plead for a platoon of warrior angels to be assigned to us to ferret out all indirect attacks against us, to shut down all demonic portals. We declare the fire of God to vaporize all earthly and spiritual weapons and to completely eliminate, to vaporize any contracts, any de- demonic agreements, any fiery darts in the mighty name of Jesus and to burn the origin demons into screaming agony, making a public spectacle of them in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Father, we pray that these angels that are on assignment, the angels, Father God, the Delta Force angels that we are asking for, that they will shore up, close down all portals, that they will make good eyes blind, good ears deaf, and divinely protect us, that we can glorify your holy name for as long as you would have us. One and honor, Father, we praise you forever and ever. Amen. See you next Friday, Lord willing. Hey, maybe next Saturday, or whenever. <laughs> Glory to Jesus, hallelujah. All right. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your grace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure until you come back for your bride to set her free. Write our names in your book of life. We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice. As we lift your name on high, renew our mind, renew our soul. Remove the scars from our past and deem us righteous. We rebuke all deceptive lies. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the brand.